0: What's up you guys, Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast, December 31st edition, January 31st edition rather. I was just about to say, I'm going to be calling the month January non-stop for about two weeks. But apparently I'm not over December yet, because I've done that like three or four times. First Smackdown after the Royal Rumble, if you were in San Antonio during Royal Rumble week. You saw a shit ton of people with those Fightful.com shirts on. Head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross Get yourself a Fightful shirt. That sale, that fifteen ninety nine dollars price is going up soon. So you might as well get it now, people. I'm joined by Jeff Hawkins, who appeared on our post-NXT Takeover show, our post-Royal Rumble show. You can go back and check those out. Subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. You can download us directly, Jeff Three shows in four nights. How are you feeling?
1: I'm fine. I'm, I'm, uh, look, Alex did it and had a child at the same time. Yeah, not a big uh, deal. I'm in constant, I'm always going to be Mr. Congeniality here compared to him. So,
0: well, he didn't get any sleep because he had a child. Now he has to worry about Seth Rollins showing up and beating up his child. (laughs) So the poor guy's (laughs) never going to sleep again.
1: Well, Rollins may blow out the ACL fighting the kids, so you never know.
0: <laughs> we got SmackDown to talk about. Now, it may just be mm. a situation where these shows are shorter than our Raw shows because, hey, the SmackDown show is shorter than the Raw show, so we're not going to yes. force something uh, that's not there. But I think tonight had some some nice development and some also pretty terrible development. We got a pay-per-view in less than two weeks. Uh, I don't yeah. know why they did that. That's weird. Why not I, three? I,
1: you know, I, God, I, I'm I, of the opinion that they should have no pay-per-views between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Me too. That, that I mean, I like, you know what? I have all this time. I can build something. This Elimination Chamber, and, and this is what the show, at least the parts it suffered to me, it felt like it was trying to cram 10 pounds of sausage in a 5-pound bag damn i mean it was it was trying to jam stuff in to build angles so that you'll go watch this pay-per-view in 2 weeks and i don't know if those parts work there were some parts that worked very very well i thought but but those parts that are actually setting up for the actual elimination chamber uh you know it it, it feels forced because it is forced
0: We're going to talk about SmackDown. We're going to get to a couple of headlines from Fightful.com. Be sure to check out Fightful.com. You can check out FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com for individualized coverage. But Fightful.com is where you want to go for crossover coverage. We've got live discussion of shows, uh, columns, interviews, reviews, podcasts, more than any other website. One of those is that Raw saw a 10% viewership increase the biggest numbers that Raw has done since the Raw after WrestleMania. Uh, did you expect that?
1: Yes, because the road to WrestleMania Raw is always a big one. Um, and they did a sustained, lot. They did, sustained look, the
0: numbers too. Sorry to interrupt, but they sustained the numbers through three hours.
1: Yeah, well, they, they built a lot of stories. It was, I mean, that show was great, I thought, last night as well. Um, A lot of things that they've been doing wrong, they fixed, you know, like, especially I thought Bayley's characterization throughout the night was spot on, to be honest with you. But you know what? They did a lot on that rumble to make Raw a strong brand um, compared to SmackDown, even though the winner came from SmackDown. They, you know, they have a lot of big matches they have still to announce. And I think a lot of people tuned in to see if The Undertaker would show up as well, or Lesnar, or... Or Goldberg, and they got Lesnar at least, and they got, you know, the payoff to the Triple H Rollins feud pretty well. So yeah, no, I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't surprised at all that people's interest peaked.
0: I figured they would keep Undertaker or Goldberg around just for the extra night. Why not? But they didn't. Yeah. Also, Rich Swann injured his foot Monday on Raw. We don't know how mm-hmm. serious it is. That story is up on fightful.com. He was pulled from tonight's two oh five live. Also, Chris Jericho, you don't hear this a lot. Chris Jericho injured Sunday. Apparently wasn't too bad, or if it was, he's even tougher than I thought because he just worked a 15-minute match with Sami Zayn on Raw, which saw him do a Frankensteiner from the top rope. So if he's dealing with an injured ankle, uh, hats off to that dude. You know, he's he's really –
1: well, what he's done, it's, it's amazing to me, because this time last year, I was criticizing Chris Jericho, something fierce, because while I liked his angle with AJ Styles and things like that, to me it appeared Chris Jericho was doing a Chris Jericho tribute act, and all his stuff as a babyface was kind of in slow motion. Um, it felt slow. It felt kind of pedantic. And now, you know, he's 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 decided in his midlife crisis to start pulling out huge aerial moves out of the blue for some reason. <laughs> I, I love it. Give me you know what he's turning into? He's turning into Terry Funk.
0: Oh, gosh. He cuts a way better promo than Funk ever could. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I just want him to put a ladder on his head and spin around. That's all I want right now. Hey, it's
0: <laughs> SmackDown. SmackDown gets money in the bank this year. So you never know. Uh, mm. He could make a little uh, comeback on that brand after a Fozzie tour.
1: Oh, that's right. Yes, he he's going to be leaving. Possibly. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, there's nothing that says he has to be on Raw when he comes back.
1: Right. No. And and I just mean, you know, in terms of funk, he reinvented himself over and over yeah. as he got older. I think Jericho is probably savvy enough to do the same thing, especially since he's done it with his gimmick. He might be able to do sure. it with the style as well. So, I mean, I have no problem with that.
0: The January 31st SmackDown edition kicks off with AJ Styles in the back talking to Shane and Daniel Bryan, saying that he wants his rematch. Now, or saying that he wants an, a, a one-on-one rematch. I hate automatic rematch clauses. Mm-hmm. In the event of where you have an all-time classic match like AJ Styles did, maybe some leeway there. Um, But he is put in the Elimination Chamber match, as is Bray Wyatt, Baron Corbin, The Miz, Dean Ambrose, John Cena. A lot of big names there. I'll yeah. ask you this. I'll ask you this right off the top. Wyatt,
1: foregone conclusion winning that? No, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion he wins it. I, I think it's very possible he wins it. I think it's almost probable he wins it. But also you gotta remember they're also they also established on during that segment AJ Styles being smart enough to know I don't want my automatic rematch in the elimination chamber. So they have that as a possibility to pull. They can always have someone win at random in the elimination chamber and AJ Styles wins on the Smackdown after.
0: That's that's absolutely true. I actually thought about that. So what would happen? Ambrose Styles, you know what? Hey Ms.
1: They kind, of, they kind of set a few seeds for Miz today.
0: Or not Ambrose Styles. I, that happened tonight. Um, Orton. Orton. Styles. Hey, that would probably yeah. be a really good match. I'm sure that AJ would get a good match out of him, but it's like, a, hey, you know what? I'm along for the ride. I'm cool with that. Yeah. John Cena comes out to repair some of the verbal burial that he unleashed on AJ Styles last week. And I use that term very conservatively. But last week, is it was a verbal burial. I didn't like it. I, I don't think it helped anything. I think that if somebody who hadn't watched WWE in one year tuned in and watched that, they'd go, who's this dumb little redneck trying to face John Cena? And they'd go, oh, well, I guess it's just some guy. Cause-
1: yeah, I, no, I, I agree completely. I thought it was a, an absolutely horrible segment for AJ styles his character for his position and i don't think this maya culpa helped necessarily either for for some reason it, i mean look i'm sure he meant the words he was speaking out there but there's just something it, it it didn't feel right to me it felt almost like it's reinforcing the fact that yeah i buried this guy last week and i probably shouldn't have in my eyes i i don't you know th- that's the kind of it's weird if that was a heel saying that in in some ways it would almost be seen as insincere congratulations and he'd get a participation trophy of some sort. But with John Cena, super Cena doing it and being the face of the company, well, I'm glad he's given the young kid the rub, you know, kind of thing. It's kind of like, Oh, now you do it. You can't do it before the big match to build it. You have to do it afterwards. It's kind of like, Oh, I know what, I know a good corollary. It's the, uh, it's the wolf tickets theory where it's like, oh, we were just talking smack, but we really, really do respect each other afterwards yeah. and we hug kind of thing.
0: I think it would make more sense to for him to have put Styles over before and then been a total dick
1: after. I'm fine with I mean, that.
0: At least then you have a reason for AJ Styles to be super pissy, maybe to the point of ruining his and Cena's chances at Elimination Chamber because he feels so disrespected. But uh I yeah, guess we'll find out I, you know what
1: it was? It was too much. It was too much of a compliment. If it had been a simple, sincere AJ Styles is great, fine. And then move on, I would have been fine with that. But it's you know, guys, no, really, AJ Styles is a hell of a competitor. He really, really is a great performer. He's Maybe. one of the best in the you know, it's it's that it's that going a little bit too far in complimenting to the point where you're almost insincere about it. i
0: just realized why they couldn't give apollo cruz that john jones fake nice gimmick it's because that's what john <laughs> cena already does <laughs> luke harper uh, or actually uh orton and wyatt come out and wyatt actually in this very short period i thought cut one of his better promos in recent memory he wasn't babbling it, it was just him saying the more things change, the more they stay the same. I've got a chance at Elimination Chamber. Orton's got a title match. They're putting over that they're still cohesive. Luke Harper comes out and makes a save, and uh, a tag team match is set up. I'm sort of interested in seeing these storylines all woven together leading into Elimination Chamber because it, it leaves a lot of possibilities out there. Because with the Elimination Chamber coming up, any number of people could piss off one of the other and kick off a storyline that leads into WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you about Bray Wyatt's promo. I think it was shortened to the point, which helped quite a bit, and it was menacing at the same time. I, I really liked it a lot, and it, you know, it, it got to where it needed to go, and it stopped, which is <laughs> brevity being the soul of wit. That's not WWE's strong suit, but speaking of which, this Luke Harper uh, Cena interplay, it's as close to, how how would you say, subtext and depth that you're going to get in a WWE storyline with Luke Harper being morally conflicted about going after Bray Wyatt. It's it's not as bad as a, uh, not Apollo Crews, um, uh, Creed, uh, Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods being hypnotized by uh, Bray Wyatt, but it's still... Kind of a, I'm not sure if I should be fighting my friend here or not. Oh, yeah, he turned on me. I'm going to attack him now. No, wait. Okay, I can't do it. And I liked the, the fact that he didn't hit Bray's finisher on him. I liked they protected that a bit. And I also liked, look, it defied my expectations because I was certain Harper was going to deck Cena at some point. And I liked that they didn't because that would have been a total and complete cop-out.
2: Completely
1: yeah, but they're still doing the story of there. There's a part of Luke Harper that still wants to impress Bray Wyatt, and he absolutely loathes Randy Orton. I'm fine with this story as is.
0: Yeah, this match was a lot more story than in ring action, but that wasn't a bad thing at all. Uh, it was it was just fine. Luke Harper wouldn't hit Br- Bray as, as which is what you mentioned wouldn't didn't land the finisher. Orton went over big time here, pinned John Cena clean as a sheet. Uh, mm-hmm. Before this month, Randy Orton's last television win as a singles competitor came on November 1 against Kane. Wow. And he's only had the Royal Rumble and a win over Dean Ambrose. But this, the last three days have really upped the, the stock in Randy Orton. I mean, he, you, you pin John Cena, you win a Royal Rumble. In any capacity, that's going to help you out.
1: Well, let me ask you something. Do you think that the alliance with Bray White is hurting his ascent in any ways in terms of these wins actually meaning something?
0: No. To me, it makes me more interested because I've, I've seen every mm-hmm. angle in which Randy Orton can be by himself and do this. And maybe he goes by himself shortly. But, I mean, I've seen it as a baby face. I've seen it as a heel. I've seen it as him leading a stable. I've seen it as him uh, facing a stable. I've seen it as him in a stable, and then getting thrown out of it. I've seen him as the young up-and-comer. I've seen him as the veteran. I've seen him do it from every possible angle. I mean, he's a victim of his own success, and you know yeah. what? A lot of those weren't interesting at all anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I, I, I mean, I, I have a problem being interested in Randy Orton. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen him. I mean, I like the fact that he's kind of bought into the Wyatt family <laughs> motif. Yes. In its own way. I, I wish he would have gone just a little bit further, maybe changed up his look a little so that I could buy into the, buy into the turn a little bit more. But overall, I'm, I'm enjoying this Randy Orton probably more than any since Legacy.
0: Speaking of Randy Orton, I thought it was funny the line last night that Triple H said about Seth Rollins, you don't got to come to my house. Like, like who would do that in an angle? Who would show up at somebody's house and tear shit up? Triple well, H. let me tell you
1: something, brother. Who would, who would, <laughs> Stone do Cold that? Steve Austin would show up, take that giant pencil and a gun, stick it straight up Brian Pillman's ass.
0: Hey, Triple H would do it too, to Randy oh, that's Orton. Right.
1: Oh, that's right. That's, that's what forgot I was getting that. at. That's what, that's what I was getting. Right. I forgot about that reference. Good Sometimes job. Look, there's a lot of wrestling, and some of there these is <laughs>
0: references. I- So when I was 11 or 10 years old and they did WWF in your house, I thought one of the matches was going to be in somebody's house, (laughs) and I was super bummed that it never was.
1: You know what? I can remember random things from 1988 World Championship Wrestling. I can't remember half the stuff from the Attitude Era, so sometimes you need to remind me.
0: (laughs) Um. Ellsworth came out in some of his new clothes and he looked This man is
1: a god. This man is an absolute god.
0: He looked like (laughs) hilariously normal in those clothes.
1: Oh, he looked like such a douche bro in those clothes. And it was so great. He looked like he should (laughs) have been
0: wearing that stuff.
1: His delivery is so bad. It's gone through the looking glass to being good (laughs) for me. I, I just when he said my boo. Yes, I, I popped. I, I just, it's so, so cultural appropriation. Uh, it was just so bad, and I loved it. And I thought Ellsworth's uh, 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 interference in the match was pitch perfect. I thought everything about this was great.
0: I hope that eventually this is revealed that Carmela's intentions are nothing but pure.
1: What, like, really?
0: Yes. I hope it's revealed that she just really likes the guy. She <laughs> like, just that's wants that's to be it.
1: friends? Or, or is she not or, interested? Or
0: <laughs> that Ellsworths aren't pure. And like <laughs> yes. she's legit heartbroken.
1: Oh, we got to find – like like he's in love with Asuka or something, and then Asuka comes and just kills And <laughs> kills him.
0: Kills everybody. Oh, she yeah. doesn't love anybody. Sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I like that a lot, a lot better. I, I, yeah, Ellsworth is his master manipulator. Yes. But it would be great. The, the only way it could work for me, I think, if it's genuine that Carmela really likes him, is if JBL absolutely has an aneurysm like he did to Because <laughs> that thing – that, that thing is, was fantastic. To we're, the point talking,
0: where he, we're talking prime level JBL commentary here. Yes. This was a callback
1: to his best days. This and was Otunga, fantastic. Otunga pulling the blue meanie reference in the middle of him going ape and absolutely shutting him up to the point where he's the, cracking himself off. JBL said something like, why
0: is Jennifer even with you? One of those. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, um, lots, of, lots of people <laughs> underwhelm or something like that, underperform or marry under or something like that. I thought that line was great too.
0: I hope that um,
1: – Oh, Morrow said, Morrow said the blue meanie line. That's who said yes, not yes. Otonga. Also,
0: also uh, they skip to the ring together. Yes. It's fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I really hope that Ellsworth is revealed as a super genius eventually. Like, he manipulated the WWE, everybody, even Braun Strowman, into getting him a job because he knew it was his only chance.
1: A games master of sorts. You know what? Yes. <laughs> you know, and you know what What I think he should end up being? He should end up being the general manager of SmackDown in some way. Sure. He, he, because Daniel Bryan brought him in, and he was a big Daniel Bryan fan, and then ultimately he usurps him in some way. I think
0: that'd be awesome. Hey, they can play the ride. Did you watch their episode of Ride Along? Yes. I, I wish they would play that. And he's like, I even sat with you in a car. Like he plays a germaphobe heel GM on TV. And like, I know- he's, he's just disgusted. He's above everybody. We find out that he's actually pretty well to do in life.
1: Well, we, we, we have plenty of time here. So, so let me throw a fantasy booking thing out for you. What if he has a split personality and this Jimmy romance or whatever the heck that other character is have a shit. Yes. Come on. We have James Ellsworth, and then we have whatever, Jimmy Swab or whatever the hell he calls himself. And that's the guy who's actually the boyfriend. You know, it's like Steve Urkel and whatever the hell he did on Family Matters.
0: Well, Dude Love got a WWF title match on pay-per-view, so anything is possible in this company. Because I thought that that was the absolute worst gimmick.
1: And I like that they've continued the continuity that Dean Ambrose does not like him in both the Rumble and on this SmackDown tonight.
0: What was that, sorry?
1: They uh, didn't. They, they said at the beginning that, oh, what, the whole thing? Or yeah. What would you just oh. say? Oh, I, I said I like that they've continued the story of uh, Dean Ambrose still doesn't like Ellsworth both on the Rumble yeah. and on the beginning of SmackDown, and I like that continuity.
0: Little, little things. They matter. Mm-hmm. They matter. Dolph Ziggler defeated Kalisto. Uh, I am over Kalisto. I don't care about him on SmackDown. I wouldn't care about him on 205 Live or Raw probably. I don't know how anybody expects this gimmick to be over. Like, I don't even know if a heel turn could help him because I don't think he could play a heel. And the
1: thing is, he's too nice to be a babyface. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it helps Ziggler either.
0: You know what I would do? You know what I would really do if the WWE had just some cojones? Take advantage of the Donald I I Trump. Never- Take advantage yeah. of the Donald oh. Trump wall thing. Do it. Do it. Take advantage of it. Andrade Almas. Any <laughs> any Hispanic stars you have and do your best to create a Canada US 97 situation. Whatever you can do. Whatever. i just assume
1: do Los Ingobernables and do anything hey. having to do with we the people. <laughs>
0: sure. Do it's something to get these people interested. Something, and if they had Del Rio, they would do a have a much better chance of uh, making that work. But because I, I think a Del Rio and an Andrade Almas could make that work, yeah. But I, I just I missed that dynamic from that that Canada USA thing. That was so unique how that was able to be created, and how WWE was like, well, we're gonna start running in Canada like all the time now since this is so hot. I mean, it yeah. changed the way they did things.
1: The, the only problem with that is that this company really does not understand foreign superstars or foreign it cultures is. in any way. They assume that they're going to acclimate to WWE style and flock in droves because they like that style as opposed to doing any sort of Lucha sort of promos or anything to that effect. And and they, re- they have a problem with that kind of subtext when it comes to foreigners. The Can- Canadian thing worked because the company – accidentally created that program by by you know the whole (laughs) the whole treatment of brett so it it was a lucky situation that they fell into more than anything they created
0: ziggler beats kalisto again with a super kick apollo cruz makes a save which is super awesome that we have even more characters void of personality for dolph ziggler to try to get his personality over with
1: it feels like these three have been going in a perpetual circle I I don't, they don't understand have any personality. It. Yeah.
0: They don't have anything. Like there was forever ago I pitched like – because John Cena had run through everybody, everybody. I, a few years ago I pitched this idea of having like a doghouse stable when The Miz was in the crapper and Ziggler was in the crapper and Ryder was in the crapper. Just this collection of people whose careers never recovered after they worked with John Cena. And like this league of doghouse villains would just go after him. And really, I mean, after you have him beat like tag team champions on Raw, what what more can you do? Well, you have three or four guys take him on. I don't know what could save people like this. They're trying a little bit with Ziggler. They're, they're freshening him up. But poor Kalisto and Apollo Cruz, who are talented guys, just are spinning their wheels. There's, there's nothing for them.
1: You know what would help Ziggler, I think, a whole lot, and it's something that they can't do anymore in this day and age, and that would be a studio wrestling show. Because Dolph Ziggler's problem is his promos were all yelly at a time, and then they just with this heel turn, they just made him kind of monotone as opposed to him being able to be quiet and change his levels back and forth mm-hmm. for the whole arena. I think that kind of promo... You know, I mean, I'm not going to compare him to Ric Flair in any ways, but, you know, the Ric Flair World Championship Wrestling promo circa 86, where he'd be, you know, stylish, and he'd be calm, and, you know, I'm very happy to be here, Tony, and then he works himself into a bit of a lather, and eventually he's screaming like a maniac. That would help Dolph Ziggler. Instead, all we get is Dolph just screaming all the time, and you're just kind of like, you know, get a little Ritalin here or there, or some Xanax or something, and calm down a bit, kid.
0: I have a lot of people asking about Ty Dillinger, so I asked about that this morning. Um, One off. Yeah, one off, but I was told don't be surprised if they change their mind in in quick fashion because uh, apparently the reaction to his reaction backstage was one of surprise in Gorilla is what I was told. Like they didn't think it would be that big. So hey, Mm. hats off to him.
1: Hats off to him, but that's a smart audience. That's not good.
0: That's 52,000, man.
1: Be, if you were... Mm-hmm. 52,000.
0: That That's 52,000 people, yes. though, man.
1: Yes. Yes, but they're all hardcore network watchers. I for don't the most know. Part.
0: I don't know if all 52,000 were, man. There were a lot of locals there. I okay. mean, a lot of locals there. Even,
1: even if they didn't, it's going to be a situation like Enzo and Cass where that first week they got a pop. And then that kind of trained people afterwards that they were supposed to act like this. And there were a couple weeks where it was a little bit down in the audience because they still weren't sure who these guys were. I I think if they were going to put Ty Dillinger on the main roster, the time to do it would have been on Monday at some time.
0: Yeah, uh, and I would have probably put him on Raw because they need anybody who can get a consistent reaction on that Mm -hmm. show. If he sticks around in NXT, um I wouldn't be opposed to him getting a run towards the top because why not? Why not?
1: With a different I, champ. I don't I don't want to run with him and Bobby Roode again cuz that program would Yeah, oh too yeah, that doesn't that doesn't beforehand. work. But yeah.
0: He's a solid star on NXT and hey, they need him. Naomi, I, I got to say Naomi the, tonight was a leap for her in my eyes. I didn't get to see her match Sunday, so I'll go back and watch it because they started the matches 45 minutes before the advertised time on the ticket. She's still bad on the mic, but she's not as bad as she used to be, but they got to stop giving these girls shitty catchphrases. Also, uh, speaking of shitty, they booked Natalia and Nikki Bella after a crappy backstage segment. (laughs) Now, what I want to rave about, Jeff, Naomi's hot tag offense. That was good. She hit. Naomi. And I'll go on the record with this. A good front drop kick.
1: I thought she was really good on Sunday's pre-show as well. I line. think I I think she's been very, very good in the ring, and the chemistry with like the Alexis and the Nattys and and the heels on that side. I think Mickey James is gonna be an absolute help for her in any matches that they're in together. Uh, I completely agree with you on the promos. Whoever wrote this promo for Naomi tonight is the person I'm positive wrote all of Sasha Banks's Team Bad promos because it was a lot of the same catchphrases, like "snatches." Just, it's like, okay, you know, just let her talk. Stop, stop. It it comes off as <laughs> a guy who doesn't know how Naomi speaks, trying to write something that sounds urban, for lack of a better term. That's I as diplomatic like, as I can be with it.
0: I would like to see WWE enforce a ban on bell bottom wrestling gear. I would too. I think it's unsafe. I think it's distracting. I think it looks terrible. Uh I, I don't even it like looks, it to I don't I've never liked it to the to the extent of Roxy Laveau or Nikki Cross either. But
1: yeah, Mickey needs is new egregious. gear. She, she egregious. Needs, yeah, she needs new gear badly.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Naomi had some incredible offense. She didn't finish somebody by slamming her ass into their face. She did <laughs> a beautiful, beautiful split legged moonsault. Like mm-hmm. oh one of the one of the best I've seen. Like f- phenomenal. Hey, if that's the Naomi we get now, some of her basics are still a little off, but hey, this is this is promising to me.
1: Progress is progress, and you got to give it up when people improve. You can't just say, well, they're not great yet. I mean, if they're very good, you got to give it up for
2: them.
1: And she's obviously improved in the ring. Speaking of progress, guys, every
0: Thursday we have the Progress Atlas Champion Matt Riddle on Fightful dot com for the Fightful broadcast. Register for early access to that show. This weekend we're going to be talking, or this week we're going to be talking about Evolve. I met Matt this weekend. We'll talk about that. Talk about the ring breaking at Friday's Evolve show. Him being on screen at NXT that was kind of funny. <laughs> Also, uh, some of the things Dave Meltzer said about him, uh, including that New Japan, if they make a play for Matt Riddle, that that will force WWE's hand. He also said that Matt Riddle's progressing much better on the Indies than in NXT, although that seemed to be a popular talking point this week. I don't know if you had listened to anything like that. And I don't really like to talk about other shows, but that was really hammered home. Like, nobody's progressing in the Performance Center, which is not true, but... um, We'll talk about that. Also, Friday, okay. the Shane <laughs> Helms show. Hold on. We are talking about the original WWE brand split. We'll talk about how Shane found out about it, what, he, what his feelings were, the WWE draft, how much stars knew going into the draft, how he felt not being picked on TV, uh, the drafts that happened after that, if there was any sense of rivalry among those brands. Also, how he felt when he did get drafted and when he got switched from Raw to SmackDown. Uh, Go register Fightful.com for early access to that. Our last show, talking about the death of WCW, is our most downloaded audio show that we have done on Fightful.com. That one has been received very well. We talk about the end of WCW and uh, him transitioning into the WWF. You could also suggest topics that you want us to talk about that he's in. I'm not talking like one-off questions. I'm talking like solid topics. Like we, we've we talked uh, the Royal Rumble experiences he's been involved with, backstage fights, some of which he's been involved with. Uh, so head on over to our forums, register, drop some topics in there. We'd love to hear about it. Jeff, you, you wanted to talk or say something like, like <clears throat> you're supposed to be a part of this show? What?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think his point – is kind of missed because he's comparing apples to oranges.
0: Yeah, the, the, well, I mean, the one
1: on training, because in in the the Japanese training is mostly training to be a grappler, training to be a wrestler, training to be you know tough and to do moves and things like that. The Performance Center is teaching you how to be a televi- how to wrestle for television.
0: Sure, and, and how that's to do why- moments.
1: How to look at the camera, how to do get to your signature spot, how to get to your finisher, where to look for the pin, things of that nature. They're finishing school, as, as he likes to say, but he often forgets that.
0: Subscribe to us on YouTube. I posted a nice little clip of Matt Riddle superplexing Dustin through a series of chairs from <laughs> Evolve. That was such a cool spot, such a cool Yes. Name. American Alpha were backstage, and they cut what I thought was their best promo yet. You don't look like you liked it. I did. I thought it was, I thought it was their well. They haven't had any good promos before no. this, but I thought this was their best one. What didn't you like about it?
1: It still comes off a bit dickish to me. No, I, sure, I don't know. I'm cool with that. You are, even though they're baby yeah. faces, they're white meat baby faces. You're oh, cool yeah, with them man. being dicks. Okay. That no, that's fine. You can have that opinion. I, I'm my opinion may not be right. I'm never certain it just i watch it and i go god I, you know i want them to be more you know kids and moms th- th- you know that's the kind of boy you want to take home to mom not not the gym 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 school bully or the gym class bully so to speak but i mean to each their own i mean there are people who like those types of anti-hero baby faces i thought this came off as as a little bit dickish, but I like the open challenge uh, as a theory. <laughs> and, <laughs> in execution, this was this was the island of misfit toys. Who after oh, the boy. Usos? After the Usos, it was like Usos, and then
0: buddy, let me tell you, if these misfit toys showed up on an island, the island would turn them away. Um, <laughs> this was, you know, everybody expected the revival. Hey, yeah. you know, the revival would have been fantastic. That I would agree. have been great. Uh, the Headbangers might have been better than what came out. In the fact, Spirit Squad? The Spirit <laughs> Squad probably would have been better. Uh, no, we got the Usos. We got the Ascension. We got Heath Slater and Rhino. We got the VOD Villains and uh,
1: the Brissando. Fashion Police.
0: Yeah, the Fashion yes. Police. They brawl through a commercial, and this is a set-up an Elimination Chamber tag title match. <laughs> well, let me ask you.
1: Not as bad as the primetime players, but still.
0: <laughs> Who do American Alpha face for the titles at WrestleMania? Or do they? Or are they left off the show and put in a battle royal?
1: They're on the pre-show. They're, oh, that's a good one. They may be in that battle royal. I was thinking pre-show multi-tag match. Fuck. Because that, that would mean
0: that... that, would mean that more than one of these teams we just mentioned would be in that match.
1: Probably the Usos, American Alpha, maybe the Revival, and then uh, hey. maybe Brizongo because they can work. If they're smart,
0: they bring the Revival in before WrestleMania. Hey, you know what, guys? If you want to establish the Revival and you want some, maybe some lapsed fans to tune in and say, damn, that team works like some, some teams that I liked 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm cool with it. I would love the, re- the revival in American Alpha at WrestleMania. I would love it.
1: My, my fear is they'll go, well, well, let's bring up a team from NXT to give them a chance, and they'll look at the revival, and they'll look at the Authors of Pain. And they'll <laughs> go, well, I,
0: I bet they would have an awesome match with Authors of Pain at this time. After what I saw at Gargano and Ciampa and Authors of Pain, I think they could have a good match because I think – I mean, think about this. Authors of Pain are like 22 and 23. Yeah. And they were – I mean – Selmani, so I can't remember which one he plays, but he was, he made it to Bellator as a pro fighter and uh, Densa was a good amateur wrestler, like an Olympic hopeful. So.
1: Look, they're great potential. I'm not denying they were, and I'm not denying they didn't have a great match at NXT with Chompin and Gargano. The problem is once you get up to the main roster, you don't learn anymore for the most part. You're, you're going through the motions on house shows and you're going through the motions on TV.
0: Yeah, uh, but I mean, the last time I asked, there were no plans for the revival to come up.
1: Yeah, I know, I, because I'm, you know, I don't. They may never come up because uh, they're they're small.
0: The Oscar situation, like there are no plans for Oscar to come up right now. There never were. No, were, like when when is Oscar coming up? There are no plans for Oscar to ever come up. Maybe maybe she will. Hey, you know what? They could always do like like they did with the Tommy in the battle royal. Have her do like one offs and stuff. Sure. But there are no plans as of right now for her to come up, and there never have been. And when they signed her, there never was. Because she can't talk.
1: So she there's no talk. use for her. Yeah.
0: And she's making everybody, all the other women in NXT better, and that's that's ultimately what they want her for. Mm-hmm. We got AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose. Ms. is on commentary, and shocker, he's real good.
1: Miz should have a job for life on commentary. After he retires, if he does not have a job for life, which is ironic cuz everybody thought Alex Riley might have a job for life on commentary too for NXT until he, when he got first bitter started. until he got bitter but uh I think Miz is going to have a job for life with the WWE in some fashion or form he and he is should.
0: he is what Otunga and Byron Saxton should be and he's really good as a current competitor because he talks about how good he is and how much he hates his opponent and still still does it in a way that puts them over he compliments them
1: yes he he does a great i mean look he i'll I'll tell you this he was i mean he does great improv for for a scene he he actually listens to what the people are saying to him rather than holding on to a line or two he he uses what they say and then adds to it, it it's very simple what he does and it's very good because he also has a very quick wit about him i thought his interplay with corbin was fantastic
0: yeah Speaking of improv, I've been enjoying the hell out of Roast Battle. Do you watch that show?
1: Um, I've only seen one episode, and oh. I have friends who go, I have friends who go, why didn't you try out for that? I'm like, look, I haven't done stand-up in so, so long. It,
0: <laughs> it looks like a blast. I wish you would do it. I wish you would get on Comedy Central and do it. Go ahead. It's got to be easy.
1: I'm actually very <laughs> good at roasts. so It
0: would be awesome. Hey, yeah. get on there. Maybe, maybe you can wear a Fightful shirt. We'll give you some money. Hey, oh, sure. hey, uh, Baron Corbin shows up before commercial. He's on commentary as well. Also good. I liked him. Yeah. I liked him. What do you know? He wasn't bad, but
1: he, was, he is. I'll put it that he, way.
0: You don't know shit.
1: No, it's not bad. It's just, uh, you know, they they make him go back and go, I played in the NFL. Okay, well... Hey, I think he should be that egomaniac. I think he No, should be I know the- that part's fine. That part's fine, but they, they obviously were feeding him lines as opposed to letting him talk. That, that's what it felt you know, like to
0: me. You know what would be funny? If, like, it's revealed that, like, the only guy on the roster he doesn't have disdain for is Mojo Raleigh because he came up the same way that he did. <laughs>
1: well, well, it's funny you say that because I'm breaking ground. He and Tino Sabatelli. Uh-huh kind of bonded over the NFL experience. And Tino Sabatelli did a hell of a lot more in the NFL than than Baron Corbin. Uh-huh. It. So it, it was very it, – it's interesting you make that corollary. Yeah, I think it
0: would just be funny that the most annoying guy on the roster is who Baron Corbin is like, yeah, he's a hell of a competitor. He came up the way you're supposed to, through the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Not through high school gyms. Uh, Go this back is, to
1: Ring of Honor. That's <laughs>
0: that was my favorite. <laughs> And people were like, what a dumbass. Apollo Crews was never in Ring of Honor. And I'm like, of course. Why would Baron Corbin know? Yes. He's not supposed to know. Uh, this The first half of this is really your standard Ambrose-Styles match. And most Ambrose matches are the same these days. But this one, it heated up at the end. And it got good. Ambrose was doing some different stuff. Uh, got a smattering of this is awesome Chance, What did you think of, of the match? And also, what did you think of five five champions losing, five title, wait, let's see, one, two, three, I think five or six champions losing in like 24 hours, 25 hours.
1: Well, I'll say this. I liked that they built up a little bit of animosity between AJ and the Miz with the Miz saying he's stealing my kicks. Mm-hmm. And, and Otunga actually calling him on that I I enjoyed that whole interplay I, I I liked the match I liked um I think AJ and Dean worked really well together I just think we're we were all waiting for it to break down into when the Miz and Baron Corbin eventually jump in there I think I think everybody was way ahead of the match in terms of logic and 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 reason and was going to turn into the way that wwe always builds these multi-man matches is that everybody has to get involved in each other's matches as opposed to keeping them all away and building it up as you know with with verbal cues i get it but it's it's not it's not my style but it's their style so i mean for what it was it was pretty good and i like that uh you know i always like that heels when heels don't like each other because i think that's a natural uh, I think that should be a natural thing that guys who are bad do bad things to one another.
0: I love that too. I always hated the Dusty Rhodes style, all the baby faces and heels like each. I didn't like that. I always hated that. Um, Corbin put out uh, Miz and Ambrose with the end of days as John Cena looked on and, or not John Cena, uh, AJ Styles looked on and smiled. So this, this ending this way, and Corbin eliminating Braun Strowman, they're setting him up properly. I, I by the way, I got to go back and watch the Braun Strowman elimination. Thought it was awesome. It, yeah, no, everybody I really collectively worked together, it, it hit their finishes and signatures and all that stuff, and then Baron Corbin clotheslines lines him out, and that's something they can't take away. And Braun Strowman, I'll say it every time, takes one hell of a bump over those top ropes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought he, he – I mean, oh, the, the bump he took on Raw was a bit scary mm-hmm. when Roman kind of botched – I don't know if Roman botched the clothesline or if Braun just didn't go over with the momentum, but that looked kind of painful and scary for a moment. <laughs> looked like he was going to get his neck caught in the ropes. All right, um, I hope Goldberg,
0: hope Goldberg stops doing running clotheslines to just opponents who aren't moving.
1: Let me let me ask you something. Are we gonna get a match with Corbin and Strowman or are we gonna get a stare down at the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal?
0: (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't I have no idea where so much of WrestleMania is going. And I'm cool with that. Ultimately ultimately what I want won't happen, and that's Mark Henry to win. And (laughs) because that that battle royal doesn't mean a damn thing, but to Mark Henry in his final match would mean something. It could be yeah. special. Uh, Cesaro won. Nothing happened. Big Show won. I'm glad Big Show won because that's always a feather in his cap. And we saw, hey, you know what, guys? Damian Sandow wasn't going to go anywhere even if he won that match. Because we saw, like, do you remember that promo where he came out and he was like, I'm going to keep doing the same thing I've been doing even though I'm no longer doing that. Yes. He wasn't that I do. guy. He got over doing what he was going to do. Big show was an okay choice to to win that match, I thought. It was something to put on his resume, and it was a way that you can say, you gotta watch out for the big show in this match. You gotta watch out for all these big guys in this match because one actually won it. I would love to see, hey, you know what? If if a stare down happens between Corbin and Strowman, wouldn't mind big Sh- or Mark Henry running up and doing the old Shawn Michaels eliminating Vader Yoko thing either. Uh <laughs> It warmed my heart to hear the reaction that Mark Henry got in his home state on Sunday. When he
1: threw up the horns, when he threw up the horns, man, that I you could hear that crowd just go ape. I, I I and he, you know, he corpsed a little, but you know what? Dude's been made, around for a while. Let him have his moment.
0: It made me very, very, very happy because there was that period where Mark Henry just turned a corner several years ago. I really enjoyed his his feud that he had with Big Show, the one where the ring broke. Yes. I thought they were doing I th- I thought it was a bummer that The Big Show's DVD came out like the year before that cuz I was like shit this is some of the best work of his career.
1: I really was liked it with Mark. I, well, of course, you know, the 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 salmon suit promo with Cena is is an epic epic oh, moment. yeah. He should have got the
0: title. Absolutely have yeah, got agree. the title.
1: I agree. And I also really liked I liked the the feud with Daniel Bryan. I thought that was mm-hmm. a really really cool little feud between those two and and you know, that was the right way for me to do a David and Goliath feud. Um, let, me, let me ask you this, because you just got back from, you know, a few days of being there live. What is something in the live experience that you saw at any of the Evolve, NXT, or Royal Rumble that we at home might have missed or not picked up on?
0: It'll sound like I'm kissing his ass because he works for us, but um, you hear about how Triple H talks about second chances. Matt Riddle is out there, out there, in the crowd, on a show he's wrestling, watching other people's matches. Yeah. Cheering on. He's actively taking part in the show. Uh, That stood out to me a lot as a guy who had a reputation of not caring in the UFC because he failed a couple of marijuana tests. That really, really, really stood out to me. And on Friday, he was in the crowd, sitting, watching, clapping along. Uh, yeah. That was cool. Also, he wore a Fightful shirt that said a lot to him about <laughs> me because we don't pay him to wear that shirt. We pay him to do a podcast. Um,
1: no, I, I remember when, when I went to Evolve, I went to Evolve for the first time. And the first time I, I saw it was at WrestleMania weekend in Dallas. And I just one of the big memories I remember is I got there a bit early and pre-show Riddle just talking one-on-one with people. Mm-hmm. in like an in like an empty row of chairs, it's just two people talking, and him just just answering everything and I remember seeing him at one point watching other matches from the crowd as well and I was like, "You know what you hear you hear all those old school stories you know, like Austin would take a folding chair and sit in a Gorilla and watch everything go on, or some guy would go to the top of the arena and, and and watch in in a kind of isolated section that was tarped off, watch all the matches up until the very end." And how much they learned from watching every single match and where it was positioned on the card, you know what? I I like Matt Riddle a lot. I do. I somewhat disagree that he has the kind of charisma to be the very, very, very top guy in WWE. It's
0: got to be developed, yeah.
1: But his talent and just his how slick he is with his MMA in a professional wrestling context is something that you have to – it may not even translate that well on TV compared to when you're watching it live and you go, mm-hmm. oh, wow, he's only been in the business for maybe two years and he's doing this Under. slick this slick stuff with Hero and Zack Sabre Jr. and guys like that who have been veterans for a number of years. No, it, it's really – something to watch, and I'm just not washing his balls because he's a fightful employee. I'm actually very entertained by him.
0: I think that as of right now, he has the charisma to be an RVD-level type guy. Not yes. saying that because of the weed, but because he's got that natural charisma, but not necessarily in extended promos like he would need. Now, it, can he develop that? That remains to be seen. That's one of the things that... A WWE could help him, but I don't know. They could either, either help him or ruin him in that regard. Yeah,
1: my big fear is that his first interaction with Vince is like Mr. Hand and Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: and you're just like, isn't it really our time, Mr. Hand? And Vince just decides this guy's a flake, and I'd never but then, book him But Then again. you
0: see stuff like like from last year where William Regal's there and he goes up. on on a show and he goes where's my job bro and i'm like that's perfect for who he is in this character right now in the indies because anywhere he goes on the indies his level of charisma will work and i'm you know i'm sure he knows he's got to improve in certain aspects but man i like i put together a collection of his matches for him because he doesn't have access to a lot of them or just couldn't find some of them and i sat there and i watched him i'm like damn geez some some real good stuff uh also evolve is a very joyous experience like if you're on twitter like i am you just run into people here 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 like joe from voices of wrestling ran into him talked to him for a little while that was awesome uh daniel witt who has been on my facebook forever and you all see him all the time you see him at the royal rumble he's got the red shirt with the stripes the german dude (laughs) he pulls up and i hear a german accent uh, next to him and he goes your boy is here. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> and like, I, I see Frey there, and who I've
1: mm-hmm. never
0: traditionally gotten along with on Twitter came up, and we shook hands, and very nice dude. Um, Nick Gator and Corey Santiago from the
1: Gator—they're great boy. people. Yeah, Gator's awesome great people. guy. Yeah, no, uh, just, you 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 get that kind of thing. I, I had the same experiences at Evolve, at Wrestle, in the WWN Super Show. I mean, it's like I, a who's who of yeah. podcasting and wrestling, Twitter, and the Hales Clan, who are great. And yeah, you too, know, yeah. it's it's really it's really a positive experience. They do a lot of things that cater to my old school like abilities. You know, they have managers and promos and things of that nature. Stokely Hathaway is a god amongst yeah. men.
0: Yeah, he is. He's incredible. I wish I could have spoken to him at the show. Um, I will say this, guys: if you've never been to an Evolve show and you don't have any idea what Evolve is, go to one. Just go to one and enjoy the wrestling, enjoy the experience, and enjoy really good people because that was a great thing. Um, one of the highlights was meeting uh, my friend Kyler James, who does awesome social media work for him. He was at or for us. He was at the Rumble. That was awesome. Uh, Also, uh, something that people might not realize going to a show, don't get your kids' floor seats. (laughs) It creates a domino effect of pissiness on the floor. Now, I would not have rather sat anywhere but where I was, and I watched the show practically on a Jumbotron. But it was so wild in my area. But if you take your kids in the floor seat, there's going to be somebody taller than them sitting in front of them. That will make your kids stand on a seat. They are not allowed to stand on seats.
1: Right. I would say the same thing about NXT as well, because yeah. the, the, ven- the venues that they've been running a lot of times, like Dallas, I ended up on the floor. And also when they came to Hollywood, I ended up on- at floor level. They don't have a jumbotron for you to watch. Yes. So it's sometimes very difficult to get angles and things like that. The best seats for an NXT show I think I ever had was the one in um, San Jose up there yeah. the first one that they ran that weekend because I was up elevated I could see everything and it was great I mean yeah always always getting that bowl that's what
0: yeah don't let your ego say oh I got to get on the floor I got to do this I got to do this there aren't bad seats you're going to be able to see almost everywhere especially at an NXT event you go to an NXT live event the unsold seats may be better than some right. of the, the more expensive seats. Um, well, I'll
1: t- I'll tell you something because I missed when, – when I saw it was uh, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor in the main event in Dallas, I missed a lot of what they were doing with the uh, medical crew and things like that. And I missed a lot of the spots on the floor with Zayn and Nakamura because you just can't see it. So, I mean, I, I agree, yeah, always go with the bowl because you can't really see everything if you're at floor level sometimes. And they the, just don't set up the venue some way. They're convention centers. They're not arenas necessarily.
0: If you go to a Royal Rumble, if you go to any event, just be a kid, man. Just have yeah. fun. The people that I went with to the, the Royal Rumble made that the best wrestling experience I had ever been to because I got to be a little kid again. I got to I think- cheer and boo and all that stuff. They, they weren't going to let me have it any other way, so – that was fun. I think
1: I'm going to try and go to Philly even though there aren't as many seats, but I love Philadelphia. As that's that's one of the reasons I went
0: to the Royal Rumble in San Antonio because I always wanted to go to one, but usually in like places like that, the tickets get bought up immediately and you get priced out on the secondary yeah. pretty quickly. I hate that, um, but you know, maybe I'll go. I think I probably will. Breaking news, by the way, Tag Team Turmoil match for the SmackDown Live Tag Titles Elimination Chamber. I hope American Alpha are number one and run the table.
1: That'd be good. And and the Usos are last, or do you to get rid of them early?
0: Get rid of them early. The, I, oh, no, I you got to put the Usos in lost. last. To, to, because otherwise, that's like, you know.
1: Unless you do the Usos first, and then you bring out a surprise team last. Yeah. That's the only way that works.
0: Uh, Also, NXT TakeOver was, man, that was such a fun show. Mm -hmm. That was, it over-delivered. Yeah. Like, everybody from the women uh, to the tag team match, it it really, really, really delivered. Anything, any takeaways from this weekend, watching at home, not in person at all, like your boy?
1: I, two-hour pre-shows, four-hour events a little much for me to be honest with you in terms of doing it in one sitting when live like WrestleMania, I found it was a little bit hard for me to do that. And I'm going to have to do it this year. Cause I'm going to WrestleMania, but I, you know, I, 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 I salute people who can sit through the entire thing. <laughs> I like my NXT. It's two hours and you're out of there.
0: Kyler tells me to tell my story from NXT Dallas. You'll have to refresh me on it. Like I remember, I, I remember you told me, uh, Sunday, but I was so exhausted. I was running on very little sleep that weekend. But um, hey, guys, I am back with Jimmy Van tomorrow afternoon, I think at about 3 Eastern. Thursday with Matt Riddle and the broadcast. You got to register absolutely free. It'll never cost a dime for Fightful.com. Unless you all just stop coming to the site and then we got to charge. And then maybe it'll cost some money. But hey, you all are coming to the site right now. Friday with Shane Helms, we are talking. WWE brand split. We're going to talk about how he feels about today's. That show is quickly becoming a very popular show, as is the Matt one. Occasionally, we'll leave those open to non-members immediately, but A, you register, or you subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, and you get early access to those. Go leave us a nice, big, fat, five-star review on iTunes. That helps more than I can uh, really explain. Jeff, Anything to tell the people before we go?
1: Follow me at Crap Game Thirteen. Follow my other show at Shake Them Ropes. This weekend we're going to add the Royal Rumble podcast to or the Royal Rumble post show to our podcast. Yeah. But we're going to go over we're going to go over Raw, SmackDown, uh, NXT, which Rob has not talked about yet, and our top one hundred match to see before you die: two out of three falls. Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat from Clash of the Champions Six.
0: Nice guys. Love follow it. me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow at Fightful Wrestle for our wrestling stuff. Follow at Fightful MMA for our MMA stuff. Follow at Fightful Online for both of them and boxing. Hey, that's, that's grouped in with the MMA stuff. Woo! Elias Theodoru, current UFC star. Sean Pearson, UFC star who retired on a three-fight winning streak. Both of those with Showdown Joe Weekly on the MMA side. We got the daily MMA podcast as well. MMA podcasting is in its infancy. It is very young. We are jumping onto that early. Like right now, MMA podcasting is where wrestling podcasting was like eight or nine years ago. Like the big sites have a lot of it, and there's not a whole lot. There's a lot of grassroots stuff. We're trying to help usher in that movement. And guys, we bring in some of the best of the best. I'm talking former UFC fighters. We've got statistical analysis. We've got Showdown Joe, who's been in the game for so long. He was once nominated for uh, best wrestling or best uh, MMA journalist in the World MMA Awards. We got all kinds of good people, and of course, I'm with him on Thursdays and post shows. So be sure to check those out, guys. Uh, I know it's it's a new thing, but it's definitely worth checking out. We've had a lot of people say that we got them into MMA and combat sports, and nothing makes me happier than that, Uh, guys. Thank you so much for all the support. Remember, subscribe to us. Visit fightful.com. Your support is important.